Hey everybody, welcome back to That Plumbing Podcast. I'm Brandon the Plumber and happy Monday. We are going to kick this week off with kind of just going over the anatomy of a service call. And what this is, is for those that don't know, I kind of just turn the microphone on and, and start recording. I don't really have too much of like an outline. I'm not reading from a paper. I kind of have just like a question or a topic that I want to talk about and I just go for it. I'll go back and forth, delete some things if I've messed up or if I'm not going in the right direction. But generally speaking, this is not me like saying what is law and you and you need to do what I say. This is just me talking about my experience and what I've done and what I find that works for me. And I'm very interested in, in hearing what you have to say or, or what you think about these techniques. So, I mean, definitely try and go to the YouTube page and leave a comment underneath one of the episodes or email me, Brandon, at thatplumbingpodcast.com so that we can we can maybe discuss it. I'm going to start looking into ways to accepting phone calls. So guys from, I mean, my schedule is kind of crazy. I do plumbing, plus I have a daughter. So it's hard to kind of meet people and set up the recording and all that. So I'm working on trying to get it to where someone could just call in or Skype or something like that so that people from outside of Phoenix can come on in and share their experience and just kind of build momentum for this uh, change in the industry that I'm kind of trying to help help along. And that's uh, education over persuasion, given options, service over sales, all the taglines. So that being said, the anatomy of a service call, step one, first episode, I'm not sure how many episodes this is going to be. It's just, we're just going to see how, how it goes. So the on-site arrival, on-site arrival is the first part. So that means that when you're when you're going to a customer or you have a call that you're going to, the call starts before you even get there. It actually starts from when they call the office and they talk to the CSR in the office. Now, as technicians, we really don't have much say so in what goes on there, but hopefully they're you know friendly, um, trying to find out, ask as many questions, being very just accommodating. Because remember, the customer is probably a little bit scared because they've don't know what it's going to cost, who's going to do it, how long it's going to take. They might have to take off of work now because they have to be there when you get there. So they're they're losing money there or using PTO. So it's very much, I mean, think about it. If you have your car that breaks down, us as plumbers, you have a car that breaks down. I mean, if you, unless you're mechanically inclined, it kind of makes you anxious because you've got this problem that's acute right here, right now. You got to get it fixed. You don't know how much it's going to cost. You're afraid of getting swindled or or played or taken and, and sold stuff. You know, we are we have the same concerns as consumers as the customer is having at the same time. So being empathetic to that situation, the situation that the customer could potentially be in, is very crucial. It's very crucial so that when we arrive, we have the right attitude and we just build the right relationship. So that being said, the first step is to call the customer. So you, whatever, you finish your last call, it's the first call of the day, you're looking at your screen, you see the customer, you map out their location, you see how long it's going to take to get there, you call the customer, and you say, hey, my name is Brandon with company name, is this, you know, whatever the first name is, to see if they answer yes or no, and then when they confirm it, you say, hey, I I just want to let you know you're my next call, I'm on my way, I should be there in 30 minutes. And they all will be like, okay, see you then. They might give you special directions, text before you before you knock, here's the gate code, code, whatever. 
But what's important is, and I've worked for companies that just, they let you dispatch just the text, like through Service Titan will automatically send a text. And I mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with that if you just let the text, the automatic text do its thing, but you're missing an opportunity, I think. You're missing a, a crucial opportunity to start to build that relationship before you even get there. So when you call them and, and you're talking to them, the customer is learning so much about you in just that 30-second call. What's your tone? Are you enthusiastic? Are you respectful? Do you sound like you're excited to go or that you want to be there? All these little judgments that the customer is making about you before you even get there is a great opportunity to build that relationship sooner so that when you do arrive on site, they already know what you sound like. Judging by the way that you talk to them, hopefully you're sounding enthusiastic and happy to be there. It just kind of sets the tone for the arrival. Now, like Service Titan, they offer to like write a bio about yourself and take your picture and it'll automatically send that to the customer via text before you get there. And I've gotten a lot of uh, compliments from customers who said, hey, that's, that's great that you sent that text out before you got here. You know, I got to read about you. I have stuff about my daughter, you know, it's stuff that humanizes you so that the customer at least, I mean, the purpose would be that they see you as a real person. As someone like, I talk about my daughter in mind. So I'll get a lot of, oh, your daughter's blah, 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 blah. It, it's a conversation starter. And plus, if they see like, you know, I'm just a normal person with a daughter having a job, trying to pay the bills, it kind of disarms them, I think, a little bit, or at least it has the potential to. Hopefully, that's what it's doing. So I really encourage everyone to to call, actually call the customer first, start the conversation, start building the relationship, give them a chance to kind of judge you before you get there by being enthusiastic. And, you know, 90% of communication is nonverbal. It's, it's, so we're looking at tone here that they are, they're gathering from you. And it's just, like I said, it's just, it's a great opportunity to start to build the, the, uh, to build trust. All right. So you talk to them, everything's good. You're on your way. You arrive where you're pulling up to the customer's house. Now, I said this before in a previous episode, but I'm going to just go say it again because I really do think it's crucial and it's a, it's, it's a key point of one of the, th- of the things that you do to really add value and give yourself the appearance of being a professional company that uh, takes time, or premium service, all of those things, and that is to park on the right side of the street. You know, you want to go with the flow of traffic and then park in front of the customer's house on the right side so that you're not blocking their mailbox, you're not blocking their driveway. Don't park in their driveway. If you even if you have a brand new vehicle, who knows if there's a leak of any type of fluid, you don't want to be staining their driveway. Not only that, customers are strange, they're particular. If you're coming home, I mean, depending on the circumstances, but if you pull up to your house and you normally park in the driveway on the left-hand side. That's your routine. That's your spot. You love it. You're used to it. And the plumbers park there. The plumbers park there. So now, I mean, while it's not the end of the world, they might be able to park next to you or on the street or something. You don't want to impede the customer's daily routine or you don't want to just inconvenience them in any way. And plus, it's just, it's kind of perfect. Just like the driveway is meant for the customer. You're meant for the road. 
park on the right side of the street. You don't want to seem like you're you're late. <laughs> you come around the corner on two wheels, you're late, and you just kind of slam in front of the house on the other side of the road. You all crook it. It just it just gives a bad appearance, like j- just unprofessional. And the customer sees that when they open the door and you're standing there and they could see the van behind you. They might they're not gonna say anything. They're not gonna say anything about, oh, you're parked crooked or you know, I'd appreciate it if you want. I mean, some might, but it's a mental note that they make and that kind of calculates into the the value section when you go to present options. Like all of that is taken into account. Like, is this guy worth this price? I don't know. He he just kind of parked all crooked. He or man, he blocked me. I had to park on the road. I don't really like this guy. It's just little things throughout, especially the beginning of the call, that kind of lay the foundation of the type of experience they're going to have and the trust that they have in you. So parking on the correct side of the street, very crucial. Next thing, you're getting out. Uh, do you have gum? I Gum, mints, something like that. You, your breath needs to be spe- smelling good because a big part of your job that's about to take place is communication with the customer. I know that everyone has had someone who was talking to them and for whatever reason, their breath just wasn't smelling great that day. Just wasn't smelling great. And you know, you, you got to talk to them or they're talking to you, but you're looking for like an excuse to, to leave or you're not engaging him because if you engage him, he's going to talk more and then you're, you got to smell their bad breath the whole time. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I used to have a plumber that I rode with back in the day who, this is back when I was, you know, just an apprentice. And some days he just, whatever, he forgot to brush his teeth and we were in the van together and he's talking, telling me about stuff. And it was just from the passenger seat looking the other way, like I still could smell it. And I just could not wait to get out of the van. I wasn't asking him questions. I was just like, mm-hmm, 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 yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that when it comes to talking to the customer because communication is essential as a service plumber. And you don't want the customer to not want you to talk because your breath smells. Easy enough, get some gum, get some mints, whatever, pop them in before you get in there, you're set. I mean, I'm a big believer gum should come stock with the truck. <laughs> it, it, it's that important. It's that important. I really never go into a customer's house for the first time without some sort of gum or breath mint. All right, so we got the gum. We're walking up to the door. We have booties in our hands or in our pocket or somewhere on our person. This is crucial. Booties are another one of those huge things that are small. The customer might not say anything if you don't wear them, but it just increases the value of the call. It shows that when you go to put on booties that you respect their house. You respect them. You don't want to mess anything up. You have no idea, like even if even if they're on tile floor, their house is a completely tile. I've walked in customers' houses and didn't have my booties and everything's fine. You don't see anything when you look down, but when you go to walk back out the door, the way the light will hit the floor, you'll notice dust prints where your shoe was. So you're not leaving like, mud tracks, but there's dust on your shoe. I mean, I live in the desert too, so there's a lot of just that kind of stuff on the ground. But wherever you live, it's e- it's really easy to get dust on your shoes, and then when the light hits it just right, you can see those those shoe prints perfectly. Not, not to mention, and maybe if you do have something that can stain a rug, if you stain just one section of a customer's rug 
or a carpet, God forbid, a carpet, if you stain anything, now they have a right to, uh, to depending on how bad it is, request a discount or even for free. They could refuse to pay the bill because you marked their carpet. They, and they might not say anything until it comes time to pay. But if you leave a track on someone's rug or anything, they you could be doing a service call for free. You could be doing every... You, you could get sued. I mean, it just depends on how bad and, and how the customer reacts to it. So just wear the booties. It's inconvenient at first. I get it. If the customer says, hey, don't worry about it. You don't need to wear any booties. That's one thing. Some customers say that and I'm like, okay. But you want to always, by default, offer to put the booties on. Every time, even after you sell the call, coming back in, whatever, you should be doing it. It's one of those crucial things in the beginning that helps establish that you are providing a higher level of service. All right, so you got your booties in hands, you're ready. You knock on the door, you ring the doorbell, whatever. I've heard different theories that it's better to knock because friends knock, they don't ring the doorbell. I really don't have an opinion on that. As long as you're getting, you know, letting them know that you're there, that's all that matters. They open the door. You want to introduce yourself. You want to say, hey, I'm branded with blah, 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 plumbing. Are you blah? So you want to verify that the person you're talking to is the person on your ticket. That's pretty crucial because you don't want to get into a conversation and start building a relationship and all this stuff with uh, the nanny who has absolutely no point, no, no say-so in the decision-making process. You just want to, or it's the son, or it's a cousin, or an aunt, or whomever. You want to make sure that you're talking to the person who owns the house or who's going to be making the decision at the end. So you introduce yourself, you verify who you're talking to. Now, it's really crucial. I know I'm saving that word a lot, but it, this is all crucial stuff. When you're introducing yourself and you're talking to the customer, you're making eye contact with them. You're smiling. You're showing that you're enthusiastic to be there, that you want to be there, that you like plumbing, you're interested, you're not just there for a paycheck, you want to be there, you want to help them, they made the right decision. And all of this, the customer can kind of judge you know, within the ten, first 10 seconds of talking to them. If they open the door and you're just like, hey, I'm Brandon, I'm here to, I'm here to fix whatever you got, where's it at? Not looking at them not trying to put booties on, you know, it's just you look a mess. Oh, that's another thing. Make sure you look presentable. You look put together. Your hair is combed. Your uh, your shirt's tucked in. It's not all wrinkled. You don't have stains. You don't have big holes in your pants. That That's another part when you, you want to be prepared for before you uh, arrive and they open the door. Because if you, if they open the door and it's, you're all just, you look like you just got out of digging a trench or a hole, and you just cover it like they might not want you in their house. So, you know, if you're super dirty, or there's just a lot of a lot of subconscious judgments that the customer is going to make just based on your appearance. So do what you can. Look like you intended to look the way that you looked. It's not about like shaving your head or making sure you don't have long hair or facial hair. It's just that whatever you look, however you look, you intend to look that way. So if you have a beard, it's not all crazy, out of control, it's trimmed, it's kept. If you have long hair, it's not all crazy, like just everywhere and you didn't never met a brush, you know, it looks like your hair and you are the way that you want to look. All right, so when addressing the customer, you should definitely be using their first name. 
you do want to be on a first name basis with the customer. Now, I've had pro- I had problems with this in the beginning because originally I'm from Louisiana and I guess well, it is. It's a thing down there that anyone that's older than you, you kind of you show them respect by calling them Mr. or Mrs. whatever. And when I first got out here, it was really hard for me to break that habit. I, I did have the tendency to want to call people Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, because of just the way that, I mean, I was, my, my heart was in the right place. I was trying to show respect, but I also have to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm almost 40. And of course, this was, you know, years ago, but regardless, I'm an adult. I'm a professional. I'm in the house. I'm here to provide a service. And calling the and being on a first name basis is better than than calling them Mr. and Mrs. because it kind of puts you on a level playing field. And it makes it more the relationship more mutual, I think, than having this uh this Mr. and Mrs. like dynamic going on. So use the customer's first name and if they have a like preferred, like they have a short name instead of Robert, it's Bob or whatever you want to use their preferred name. That's that's actually even better if you can get their nickname that friends and family call them. And then you start calling them that as well. And like subconsciously that's it's building trust because you're using the name that he typically assigns to friends or family. All right. So you're in there, you introduced yourself, you're enthusiastic, you're smelling good, looking good. The the customer, you have their preferred name, you're on a first name basis. You say something, and it's always going to be, I'm going to say, you say something like this. I'm not trying to say, this is the script, say this word for word. I don't do that. I don't do that. I have the general idea, the general concepts of what I'm trying to achieve through conversation, and I apply it. And each customer is different. Every call is the same, but each the details of each call are different because people are different. And I have off days sometimes, too, where I'm not focused, I'm not in the zone, and I I definitely see a difference. So it's just important that we're trying to be as presentable as possible, and we're trying to build as much trust as possible. Not trying to manipulate them, not trying to trick them, just trying to build trust as efficiently as possible within the ethical realms of what we have to do because we're there anyways. If we have to be there anyways, we might as well wear booties. We might as well park on the right side of the street. We might as well, if we got to talk to them, we might as well chew gum. This isn't like manipulating and being salesy. This is just being the providing the best service and experience that you can because that's how you get the type of the type of wages that we want and the type of tickets that we want is by being the best and providing a great service slash experience. So you introduce yourself, you ask to see the problem. Uh, on the way to the problem, this is a great opportunity to observe the customer's house and try and pick out something that you and them might have in common. It could be a picture on the wall of a baseball team, or it could be a decoration or whatever. You, like, you are walking through the customer's house, so you're getting an idea of what it is that they are into and what they like. And if you can spark a conversation based on something that's natural that you and the customer actually do have in common, that's the best. That, that's, that's when you can get the customer talking they start to trust you more because they see you as someone like them. If you're both in the football, both into baseball, and you start talking about teams and whatnot, that is great. Especially if it's like a, a passionate hobby, like sports can be for some people, 
And that's actually where I have a lot of disadvantage because I don't personally watch a lot of sports. So I'm at a very big disadvantage when it comes to trying to spark conversations about that. I mean, I've ridden with guys who are into sports and they just say, you know, one or two sentences and the customer is off. They are loving him. They're talking to him. They're talking about different people and all that stuff. So that's a great uh, skill to have um, that I don't have. <laughs> so I have to find other things. I have to look at the the decorations and the and the whatever is on the walls and people, you know, I just, you just got to be observant and see what the customer is into. All right. So let's say that the problem is a leaky faucet, a leaky bathroom faucet. So the customer takes you to the bathroom. They say, yeah, my faucet's been leaking for, you know, two weeks now. Um, I just calling you out to try and get it fixed and, and, and see what's going on. So you start looking at the faucet. Most, most of the time, the customer is going to hang out initially so that they can talk to you and kind of just be there while you're diagnosing. So you look at the faucet, you start seeing what's going on. Now, we know through the three vitals that the leaking faucet, a major cause could be bad water quality, high pressure, or age. It could be anyone. Now, you see, do you see a lot of calcium buildup on the fixture? Yeah, there is a lot of calcium Let's just say for this call, there's a lot of calcium buildup. So you, the problem is an excellent opportunity to get some history about the house and, and build a conversation. So maybe you're not so great at picking out, seeing what customers have in their house and, and starting conversations. Or maybe you're just a little bit shy or it just takes some time for you to, uh, to see what you could be saying. The plumbing problem itself presents at least three questions where... I think three questions where you can ask every customer no matter what. So you can always ask the customer how long they lived in the house. I mean, think this goes back to thinking like a doctor. We're trying to get the patient history. We want to see because if this fixture has leaked before, if it's leaked multiple times in the past, if they have this problem consistently, well, then that's a great indicator that there is a problem with water quality or there is a problem with pressure. So you can't just go in there and just like a, like broke fix, fix what's gone, fix what's wrong, and then get out. So you ask a customer always, how long you've lived in the house? They're going to answer, 10 years. How long has this problem been going on? Oh, it's been happening in two weeks. Has it ever happened in the past? And then if they say, yes, yeah, actually it has. Like every two years, um, I've got to end up replacing the faucet. The pressure gets really low and I just, you know, I don't know what's going on. I just keep replacing it and it works again for a couple of years and then I have to do it again. So this is crucial because now you know that they've had the problem before and then you can kind of open the door to water filtration. All right, so I think this is kind of a good place to stop on the on-site arrival because now we're kind of getting into the diagnosing process and, and inspecting the entire system. So we'll go ahead and we'll continue this um, the next episode. If you want to reach out to me for any reasons, you can at brandon at thatplumbingpodcast.com or search in YouTube, find the episode, and leave a comment. I'm about to start really working on the YouTube section of this. Uh, there'll be some customer-facing material so that they can have a more opportunity to maybe go to my page and see me in action. So the idea is that simple fixes like toilets, flappers, stuff like that, We'll make YouTube how-to videos and then give those to the customer or at least make the customer aware of them to help build uh, trust. But we'll get into that later. Until then, I hope everyone has a great Monday.
Bye.